how an interaction in an ice cream shop led him to being in a boy band, how to take a leap of faith that you know you need to take, how to reframe fear and resistance so that it doesn't hold you back, the three reasons we experience fear, the three critical ingredients to transformation, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 506 with human behavior expert, impact entrepreneur, and TEDx speaker, Henry Amar. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help individuals who are hungry for growth get closer to the best version of themselves so that they can live meaningful and impactful lives. Are you somebody who really wants to improve your health, but you're overwhelmed with the chaos of life? Are you somebody who knows you want to feel better in your own skin? Do you want to be a good role model for those around you, your family members, your peers, your friends, your family? If so, then you need to go get my new video course called The Three Steps to Losing Fat and building muscle. You're gonna get a grocery list, a week's worth of workouts, and a list of healthy snacks and sweets to choose from. You can get all of that for absolutely free today by going to nickcarrier.com. Y'all, today I am thrilled to introduce you to Henry Amar. I first met Henry a few weeks back when I was in Raleigh, North Carolina for Amberly Lago's Unstoppable Success Summit, and he absolutely captivated the audience. Henry's a human behavior expert and impact entrepreneur, and he hosts the podcast, Making It Happen with Henry Amar. His podcast hit number one in the training category and number six in the education category on the iTunes charts. Also, as a keynote speaker, Henry has positively impacted people across the globe, speaking to audiences as big as 35,000 plus people at a time. He's also been published in Forbes and is a two-time TEDx speaker. In his professional career, he began in music and he's performed on Grammy award-winning, a Grammy award-winning album, and he traveled the world sharing the stage with legends. Henry went from creating music to creating businesses, growing his Los Angeles-based company into an international success. I'm just going to tell you right now, y'all, this episode is going to educate you, inspire you, and bring up emotions in you all at the same time. So without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Henry Amar. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. Today, I'm super stoked to be joined by the one and only Henry Amar. Henry, I just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending time with me today, man. And thank you for having me, man. I appreciate this. Yeah, dude, of course. Of course, I was uh, had the great opportunity to meet you in person a few weeks ago at Amberly's event, and I just know that the moment you stepped on stage and were jumping up and down uh, to Macklemore, I was like, this guy's the man. I was like, this guy's awesome. And then the way that you captivated the audience in the way that I was in the back. So I didn't get to see all of the audience members, but you could tell by just like the stillness of the room that they were so captivated. And then everybody was talking about how like you had people tearing up and everything like that. And just, I was just inspired by you all weekend long. And so I'm excited to have a little bit more of an intimate conversation and learn a little bit more about your story and such. And so I always find it fascinating to learn about kind of what got people to where they are today. And I know that you in your early 20s uh, were in a boy band. So talk to me a little bit about what got you into music. Was that something that you were very passionate about early on? So talk to me a little bit about kind of the inception of you getting into a band. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And and I want to say this, that your presence at Amberly's thing 
it was so, you were so kind and so genuine to everybody that you met. And I just want to commend you because I, I didn't meet you until later on. And I just remember seeing you and my mind was like, this guy's really nice. Like he's just a <laughs> nice dude, you know? And I remember you talking to people and you like genuinely looking at them and interested. And you know, when you see someone that's like, like that, it sticks out because a lot of people are in and out, in and out. So I really appreciate that about you, man. And just your presence. Thank you for being, being that and caring so deeply, you know, about oh, people. And so, I, which is why you're doing what you do, obviously. Right. And so, um, man, me boy band, shoot, people probably see my, if you're watching the video, you think I'm still in a boy band because of how my hair is, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I just, yeah, you know, I, I've, I've always loved music. Um, it's been in my, you know, I think we all love music. I used to have my, my ear to the speaker as a, as a kid and I loved harmonies. I loved like R&B and harmonies and like voice to men back in the day when I was younger and it's like harmonies are so dope and i would join these choirs and these quartets and um and you know i one day i was like dude i want to do that like i want to do that and so i plastered flyers all over the city that said if you know any guys that sing call me and i went to different stores and i gave out flyers because i was like i want to find the best of the best so i went into my own little like recruiting session and found these guys that were like unbelievably good guys and the most talented guys. And, uh, you know, it, it was a really life-changing experience for me, you know, it, not because of the music, but because of what I gained from it. I was in a transition in my life where I was hyper insecure and hyper fear-based. I felt caged. I felt stuck. So my musical journey, my personal development journey kind of went side by side. And, mm -hmm. um, and it, it's, it's that period of my life completely rocked me in the best way you know yeah well now now i'm interested even further into like the details when you put flyers up all over town about if you guys know anybody who sings let me know was it one of those things where were, were these the only people that reached out to you or were there a number of different people that you went and met after this or talk to me about that there's a guy that i connected with online and this was like 20 years ago right We've stayed in touch. We, he, he didn't join the band. We stayed, we've stayed in touch. We've only met three times in person, but we've stayed in touch. And I feel like I know this dude and he's a dancer. He like tours all over and he's really talented. And I looked at him, I was like, dude, isn't it crazy that we connected off of looking to be in a potentially being a boy band together and we stayed friends and just how like the world brought us together. And uh, when both of us went through hard times when my mom was going through cancer, he was there you know, digitally for me, because we weren't living in the same area. And then when I, when his mom was going through stuff, we were there for each other. And it was just like, it's crazy how uh, some of the people didn't end up being in the boy band, but I became friends with. So it was, it was a journey because I was looking for some, something pretty specific because, um, you know, I, I loved it. it yeah. The, we tried out different groups. I was in one group and it didn't work out. And then I tried these other guys and it didn't work out. And then finally um, my, my uh, ex-girlfriend at the time was working at an ice cream shop and these guys came in and said, we want to sing for free ice cream. And she goes, only if you sing for my boyfriend over the phone. And oh. she calls me, she gets her numbers and that's how we formed our group. So that was, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's awesome. I mean, I think one of the biggest lessons to learn out of that is you never know what can happen when you put yourself out there because so many people are not going to have the the faith or the belief that, 
just putting up flyers all over town is going to do anything, but you never know. And sometimes for some people it might not, but at the same time, even if it doesn't turn into a boy band, it might turn into a friendship that is, is long lasting. And so you never know what kind of positive thing uh, could happen by putting yourself out there and a- attacking or chasing a dream that calls your heart, if you will. And, and that's the thing is like, everybody listening, obviously they listen to your podcast, they care about growth. They care about being the best you, the best version of themselves. And the question is like, there are certain patterns that people run, right? Like out of fear or out of like comfortability, even though I don't think your comfort zone is really comfortable. Um, I think it's, I call it a safety zone and that's a whole different conversation, which we can get into, but think about what you really want in your life and think about what you're doing to get it. And is there like the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is extra. Like what's a little bit of extra? Had I not put it out there, this is what I wanted. You know, I was living in fear, but it took courage to build that because I wanted it so badly. I was like, no, this is what I want to do. And my life literally changed because of the willingness to just have courage to go after and do something a little bit different to look stupid a little bit to be like oh i'm looking for guys to sing and so they're like oh you want to be in a boy band because you know like of course the stigma of a boy band is all is no one some people think it's cool and a lot of times it's not cool you know what i mean like oh you must be like this cheesy thing but it was like the reality is what i wanted was more than the the fear behind it you know there was a there was a, a leverage point for me and I'm so grateful. Like literally the closest friends that I have are from that era. Mm, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's powerful. I, I, I do want to get into the, the safety versus comfort zone thing that you talked about here soon. But before we dive into that, I kind of want to get a little bit more into your story because I was fascinated to learn how you went to USC Business School in 2010 after having been in, a, in the boy band for a while. And it sounded like that was a tough decision to make. It was something that you were like inspired to do, but you hadn't been the best person in school in the past. And you were like, why am I thinking I should do this? So tell me a little bit about that decision making, uh, that, that decision point to uh, go to USC. I mean, imagine, imagine this, right? Like I, we formed this boy band. I'm sitting in community college. I'm in a geology class and they're like the chemical components of this red rock. I remember it clearly. It was like this. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, what am I ever going to use this for in my life? There's some people that do, God bless them. Not for me, right? Like I'm this creative, right? And I, I, I love creating stuff. And as I'm sitting in that class, I get a call from our manager who was, um, you know, I don't know if you know Gladys Knight. She's like a legend mm. singer. She's incredible. Her daughter was our manager and Gladys worked with us a ton. And she calls us and goes, we're going to be recording with Gladys and we're going on tour. So get, get to Vegas. So I drop five, all my classes. I get five W's. W's are like terrible for to, you know, it means withdrawal. It means like you right. didn't even fail. You just left. And, <laughs> and so I go to apply. I, I, I'm, I'm doing my music stuff. Um, and then I launched a company and I had this inspiration that said, sell your shares of this company and go to USC and get back into entertainment again. Like mer- you and, and it'll, you'll navigate. And for me, I'm really big on like following what I feel is right. And it sounds crazy to a lot of people because at the time my, my company had just launched internationally and I was literally about to profit big time the following year. So me selling a year early was not good for me financially. <clears throat> and I go to, I go to community college again. I'm like, okay, I want to go to USC. And the lady's like, great. One of the best schools in the country. And she pulls up my record. She goes, no, 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 no. There's no way you're getting in. 
I said, what do you mean I know I'm getting? Of course I'm going to get in. She goes, no, you have five W's. They didn't even take one. And long story short, you know, I get rejected the first year. I have a decision to make, but I knew in my heart, like, that's where I'm supposed to go. And I go back, I work my freaking butt off 20 units, do leadership stuff. And I end up getting in the next year, even though USC told me I would never get in the following year, I got in, my tuition was all paid for. The only thing I got loans for was room and board. And I went to USC off of like, just feeling that's what I was supposed to do. And so it was interesting, the journey of life, it never made sense going forward, right? Because I sold my company. I was 26 years old at the time. And I'm sitting there like, I sold my company and I only made like a few, like not that much versus what I would have made. And now I went to apply for the school I thought I was supposed to go to. I got rejected. I'm living with my parents now. I got rejected. I sold a company too early. Like I felt like the biggest loser, you know, but I was like, I'm following what I know is right. Like I'm going on this path that I thought was the right path. Why does it feel like I'm going backwards? You know, and sometimes, you know, you don't understand things looking forwards because you're in the mess. And the craziest thing I'll tell you um, is this, is like I went to my senior year, my last semester of school, which I wouldn't have had had I gotten the year before. I would have graduated the year before. There was a new professor coming into, into the school and he was one of the most successful guys in real estate development and finance in the world. One of his deals was $39 billion, right? Wow. And I was like, and, and you know, I was like, dude, everyone wants to meet him. Everyone wants to know him. And he goes, I'm looking for a teaching assistant. And everyone's like, well, you should talk to Henry because I was president of the real estate association at USC at the time. And I ended up being his teaching assistant. And he becomes one of the greatest friends and mentors that literally changed my entire life. He got me my first job where the guy literally said, I would not have hired you unless it was for him because of him. And in three years after I graduated, I became a director of investments for a $2 billion company. Mind you, it, it, it takes longer to usually become a director, right? It takes 10 years usually. So what I thought was a one-year setback four years before that was actually a seven-year come up, mm. you know? And so a lot of times we don't understand things looking forward. We just are like, man, I feel like I'm supposed to do this, but you just go and go and go. And then you look back and you're like, well, shoot, that makes, like, had I gotten here before, I wouldn't have had this incredible soul in my life that literally has been one of the greatest blessings in my life. And um, so went to USC, graduated, went to, uh, you know, become a director of investments, which was really cool. And at the time, I had the sexy title, the sexy office, Ocean View office, Santa Monica, 16th floor, you know, all the stuff that I've wanted. And then I had another feeling that says you need to quit mm. and you need to go back and you need to, um, I've been studying human behavior since I was 17 years old. And the, the message was go back and apply all the empowerment principles and tie it into the entertainment industry and merge those two worlds to make an impact that is far greater than you could. And at the time I was like, really? Like, is that what really what I'm supposed to do? And then unfortunately, um, about a month and a half later, after I started feeling these feelings, my mom got diagnosed with cancer. And as I'm sitting in the hospital with her, looking at her in, in her bed, and there was one day I was literally there from morning till night, eight till they kicked me out. I remember just looking and reflecting and saying, man, what do I want to say when it's my time? Do I want to say, I just bought a $200 million building, cool for somebody else, making this money, doing I said, no, man, like I want to, I want to be able to, for me, look God in the eyes and say, I put it all on the table. 
and I gave my gifts to the world and I made it a better place. And I, and I just did what I felt I was inspired to do. And man, it was hard to do because I went from making really good money to, I, to literally starting over. Mm. And I got offered when I quit, I got offered a partner position in another company, which I would have had equity in, in a $2 billion company, which meant I would have never had to worry about money for the rest of my entire life. But one thing looking back and with my mother's situation and life and reflecting on that, it's like, it just made me think like, what's really important in life? What am I really looking back at and saying? Because previously to that, like, I'm really fortunate. Like the boy band was awesome. We had a song with Gladys Knight that the on her album, the album won a Grammy. And we had, we've toured the world and I was able to start this company and I was able to be president of this thing. And I was able to get this award and, but at the end of the day, you don't look back at those accomplishments and you're like, man, in my life, I'm so glad I have this shiny certificate on my wall. Mm -hmm. Like it's the moments, it's the memories, it's the legacy. It's, it's the, it's what I do with my life. Can I say I fully lived? Can I say that I really gave what I had and I lived on purpose for a purpose and looking back at it, even though I, I was quote unquote here and I went down to nothing and now building myself back up to all the things that I felt and like, it's been miraculous and amazing. And I'm so grateful to be where I'm at now. But um, there was a moment where you're looking and you're like, dude, this is psycho. Like, what am I doing? But looking back right now, it all makes so much sense. Yeah. I think that so many people have these feelings or thoughts or ideas that come up in their minds. Like you've kind of addressed, like you had a feeling that you needed to sell your company and you need to go to school. Then you had a feeling that you needed to leave the, the real estate company and, and merge these two ideas together. And I think that all of us have these ideas of taking maybe a particular risk and then we overcomplicate the thinking about it. We think so much about it and it, does it make sense? Is it logical? And sometimes that can make it so we don't actually take a, a leap of faith and we don't take that step. So what do you think allows us to be able to take that risk? What do you think is the thing that allows us to actually take the idea and run with it? Because everybody has ideas, but not every not everybody actually puts it into action. So what is the missing ingredient there that a lot of people miss? You know, I'll tell you the first two things that come to mind, and then I'll tell you what my answer would have been. So just going off of my heart, and the first thing is, first, you need to understand leverage, right? Like there was a point for me where I said, I'm going to look back at my life one day, and what do I really want to say I did with it? Because the mm. reality is time is going to move, right? You will be older looking back at your life. What are you going to really say? You know, and, and um, what do you, what do you want to say? And for me, the leverage point is I never wanted to look back and say, dang, I wish I could have, should have, would have, you mm. know, I want to say that I gave it all back. Shoot. I lived life fully. I didn't let, I didn't let my fears block me. I use my fears to become more free. And, and um, that's number one. N number two is, so it's the leverage. And number two, for me, it's like recognizing that everything beautiful that's created is going to bring fear into your life because mm -hmm. it's new. If you didn't have fear behind it, you would already be doing it. So I developed a newer relationship with fear and with my nervous system. And I got really nerdy about how and why and what we do. And I was like, if I could learn to navigate and, and, and go from a fear-based life to a love-based, free, 
impactful life where I, I'm like, I don't want to live life off of the patterns of the past. I want to freaking create impact and abundance in my life and do that in the lives of many people. That's what would drive me. And there was, there was a leverage of like the pain of not going after what I wanted and looking back. And there was also leverage of like, man, if I don't do this, then what? And so in that sense of the word, there was that. And I'll tell you a personal story. When my mother passed away, ironically, today is the anniversary of her passing. Um, when she passed away, I remember looking at her and I remember saying, Henry, you have a choice to make. And I was like, what choice you make right now will determine the direction of your life. Because when, you, when we have overwhelming emotional experiences, our subconscious mind wires to that experience, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's trauma, whether it's moving forward, um, you know, usually our programming comes from a, a highly emotional experience from our past. And I looked at, I looked at, my, um, I looked at my, my, my mom and I said, mom, I'm going to honor your life with how I live mine. And the sacrifices that she made when she passed on, I made a decision. and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't an easy decision to make, you know, it didn't mean that it was cake and butterflies. Right. Um, I don't know why cake and butterflies, but it wasn't, wasn't that, (laughs) but it was like, the reality was that was a true, true, um, circumstance that I was in, but there's a power in recognizing my agency and there's a power to take in my agency back and understanding that any fears that I've had have been past programming, past experiences, past belief systems. And going back to the safety zone that we talk about, if I'm living in my comfort zone and my safety zone, whenever I go to any new experience, I can expect resistance. I'm going to have resistance. So one, you have to expect the resistance. Two, you have to redefine the resistance, right? Mm -hmm. What's the, what? oh, thank you body for trying to keep me safe. Thank you. And this is just my body can be safe. Feeling fear doesn't mean you're going backwards. It might mean that you're going forwards. Right. And then Mm. third, you need to come up with your own resistance strategy and understanding what that means. And so I've understood in life that there is a journey to breakthroughs. There is a journey to empowerment. There is a journey to healing and to, to reprogramming myself, because if I I don't want to live life as a program, I want to live life as a programmer. Mm. And in my life, looking back, it's like the leverage point for me is everybody listening to this. There's something inside of you. There's a reason you're listening to this because you know, you know, there's a best you, you know, there's another level of you, you know, what that level will bring to your life, not just for you, but for those you love and for the world and the purpose that you're here. Cause it affects you. It affects those you love and affects other people, the impact the people you might touch. If you were willing to step out and understand how to overcome your fears and step into courage and step into healing and step into emotional mastery. If you stepped into it, what would change in your life? A whole lot. Would you feel resistance? A hundred percent. But we pay money. You are, you are a fit person. You're a fitness guy. People pay money to go to the gym to have resistance because the micro trauma you experience from the resistance of the weights is what makes you fit in who you are. I could, and, and, and so that's what's interesting about life is the same thing with my spirit. When I learn how to navigate my resistance and learn how to, to properly, um, understand my nervous system and understand my my brain and my heart and my spirit and my body and my purpose and everything changes we'll be back to the interview in just a second but first i wanted to share some words from a participant of the 10-week transformation at best you we started running the 10wt back in january of 2020 and have since had 313 people and counting go through it 
They've seen their bodies get stronger than ever before. They've seen the stubborn fat finally come off and they've seen their habits dramatically improve. And honestly, more than anything, they've seen their self-confidence skyrocket. If you want to learn more about the 10-week transformation, then you can go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT. That's nickcarrier.com slash the number 10WT. We'll get back to the show in just a second, but first, here's what they had to say. I have completed Nick's transformation program twice, and I'm gearing up to start my third. I have seen more and more progress every time I complete the program, and not all of it is just physical. I would say the two best parts of the program for me have been... um, First, Nick has taught me how to really prepare my week to overcome the type of obstacles that everybody is up against when it comes to trying to maintain our health journeys. And then the second being that during really chaotic seasons of life, it's helped me to prioritize my health. Uh, The workouts are really fun. We do new stuff every time you walk into the gym and I've been involved in group fitness classes my entire life and the amount of energy that Nick brings is completely like unparalleled. It's so much fun. I love it. So if you're thinking about doing it, you should. You'll be glad you did. Man, that's so good. That's so good. The few things that you said there with regards to how to actually step into that risk and, and step forward into that leap of faith. You talked about understanding leverage and being able to find your leverage point. Like, you know, for for it being the maybe most tragic incident of your life with your mom passing away, it happened for you in the instance that it gave you leverage. It happened for you in the sense that it put your back against the wall and gave you that perspective of like, holy crap, that is going to be my day at some point. Some people just think that other people die, but I'm never going to die. Like if you can keep death to a certain extent at the forefront, it can motivate you like hell and give you a level of urgency like no other. And so it doesn't have to be death for everybody listening, but there can there are leverage points that allow you to put your back against the wall and, and take action like no other. And then I love what you talked about when you said everything that beautiful that you create in your life brings fear. So change your relationship with fear and redefine fear and redefine that resistance because I think that's one of the things that has allowed me to take certain risks is acknowledging and realizing that Almost every single person that I've looked up to has experienced fear and has experienced resistance and I respect them and admire them because they continued anyway. And so I think that's what's so massive about podcasts and people sharing their stories is when you hear that other people experience the fear and the resistance too and that's and actually on the other side of it is what got them to where they are and why they're listening to them in the first place and it can be a massive assurance and allowance for you to, to to move forward as well. That was great, man. So I, I want to continue to dive into this comfort zone versus safety zone. You talked a little bit about it when it comes to when you uh, step out of it, you experience resistance and you need to redefine that uh, resistance and stuff. But give me a little bit more of context of what you're talking about there. Yeah. And so, so a lot of people say, put love over fear, just go push through it. That's not the healthy way to do it, right? I say you need to put love into the fear. Understanding mm-hmm. first and foremost that, dude, my body's just trying to keep me safe. My, I'm not here to like, quote unquote, beat myself up into healing. I'm here to love myself into transcension, into transformation, right? And it, it, it may sound like, what does that mean? Love yourself into that. We hear self-love, self-love. It's not that kind of self-love. It's the kind of self-love that you are able to look and understand why you're doing what you're doing without getting stuck there. But what you resist will persist. And so when I start to push out of what I normally do, we experience fear for one of primarily, in my opinion, three reasons. One, you actually are unsafe and you better do something about it, right? 
two, um, you're, it's what you're doing is relating to something in the past that made you lose connection with somebody or made you feel like you were going to lose connection with somebody or was an overwhelming emotional experience or a trauma, right? Whatever that is. And your nervous system doesn't know the difference. It feels like, shoot, it's happening again. And it'll, you'll fire up all always and fear shows up in all kinds of ways, right? All kinds of ways, whether it's fear of failure, fear of success, worrying what people think about you, um, anxious energy, you know, we can perfectionism, comparison, jealousy, envy. I mean, we can go on and on. Right. And so it's either, it just resembles the past. And so my nervous system goes, what are you doing? Last time you did this, you, you know, if you didn't get it right, if you failed and you lost connection with your mom or dad, and then you need connection to feel safe, blah, blah, blah. Or number three, you're just doing something new and your nervous system's like, what are you doing? We don't typically do this. Right. And so Either way, when you reach that point, when you start, the first question you want to do is you almost want to take a sacred pause and, be, and I call it loving self-awareness. You want to become lovingly self-aware to say, what's really going on right now? You know, how can this fear be a messenger for me? Because emotions are messengers. They're not supposed to be dictators. They're mm. messengers, right? So how do I utilize this emotion and what it's trying to tell me to inform me on what's happening internally, Right. Because I don't want to override and not listen to my, what my body's telling me. Because guess what? If I shove it down, if I depress my emotions, you know, I'm going to get into a state at some point where I'm going to feel it in my body. It's going to come out later on, burnout, whatever you want to call it. There's so many negative repercussions by just pushing through stuff. Um, and so when we get, when we start moving from our safety zone and start to get to the new experience and we feel resistance in that resistance, all those old belief systems come up, all the former identities. I am not this, I am not that, or I am this comes up all the, everything just comes to the surface. That is the magic wand right there. What you do in that moment is beautiful and sacred, right? And so I, I truly believe once you identify what you really want, you identify your limits and fears, then comes the real transformation. And you need all three of the things I'm about to share with you, in my opinion, in order to break free, you know, and it's, it's been so cool, like the discovery process of this, um, you know, when I quit my job back in like, poof, forever ago, I, I, I go to these different trainings and some of them talk about these root causes of your past. And some people talk about the future, but you have to learn how to heal from the past experiences. Part one, you have to learn how to reprogram your subconscious mind into the identity, the belief systems. So it's heal from the past, reprogram for the desired future that you want. And third, and most importantly, how do you empower yourself right now with emotional mastery, with real unstoppable confidence in a sense of not that things are going to go the way I want them to go, but how do I handle things along the way? Because in this moment is the only moment we have. This is where the past comes forward for me to heal. And this is where I can start to really intentionally, mindfully begin to create the future that I want. So there's a past, present, future element to it all. And if you don't get those in alignment, then it's going to be much harder to find the breakthrough. And um, so when, when, you're, when you're leaving your comfort zone to do something new, expect the resistance. But in that resistance is where the gold is. Yeah. You know, and getting the proper support system, get understanding how you typically operate you know, getting newer experiences to me, it's always good. I'm always having a mentor or a coach or somebody to walk me through it. 
um, there's, it's always good to stack yourself up. So when you're walking through that journey, you get support, you know? Yeah. So I want to try to apply some of the things that you just talked about the past, the present, the future, kind of like those, those three different things that you talked about a little bit to what you're currently doing, uh, with your kind of health and fitness journey to an extent. Like I feel like from our brief conversation, I understood that you've you've always moved some and you've cared a little bit about what you, but now you're kind of trying to take it to another level and you're, and you over the past number of weeks now you've been following something nutritionally and now you're kind of optimizing a little bit more of your exercise routine. And so many people who are listening right now are trying to do the exact same thing. And so many people who are listening right now have the story of themselves in the past that like, I've always just been this way and, and I, I can't, I can't break out of it. And they talk to themselves like that and, and forming that new identity and reprogramming their new identity can be so difficult. And I believe that it just takes time. So talk to me a little bit about how you can maybe overlay some of those three things that you were talking about to maybe a little bit of your, your current journey with optimizing your health and fitness further. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to share one that probably won't be conventional. And then I'll share the, a little bit more of my practical side of it. Whenever there's, whenever you have something you consciously decide you want to do, but you don't do it, that means there's a, a conflict between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind, mm. right? There's something internally deep inside you that doesn't want to move forward for some reason, right? There's something else that seems more important to whatever that is. Right. And so I think it's so important to dig under the hood to say what's really going on. It doesn't, you're not lazy. You're not procrastinating. Procrastination is a response. It's a stress response, right? Because like, for example, I had a client and he always procrastinated and there's this process that I do to really understand what's under the hood. But what ended up happening was I, we discovered that, okay, well, if you didn't procrastinate and did something, what would that mean? Well, if I did something, I might fail. Well, if you fail, what does that mean? Well, it means I'm not good enough. Well, if you're not good enough, what does that mean? I might not be loved. Well, if you're not loved, what does that mean? I'm going to be alone. If you're alone, what does that mean? Then I don't want to live like that. Like that's, that's the worst life ever. So to him, it wasn't procrastinating. It was like, if he did something, he might end up alone forever. Like that's what his subconscious train of thought was. Mm -hmm. And so some people are like, yeah, that's not really a big deal. But let me tell you this crazier story. My mentor was telling, she's an incredible woman. Um, one of the first people that, that I studied with outside of my, um, my job. And um, she had a client that could not lose weight. And they did this regression where they went back to the root cause of it. And this lady was on a bridge when she was younger. And she was so thin as a child. And her aunt comes up to her and goes, you're so skinny, you're going to fly off this pier and sharks are going to eat you. So as a child, she gets freaked out and her nervous system says, you cannot be skinny or you might die. So her whole life, it was like, don't get skinny because it's dangerous. The second that my, my trainer, my mentor worked with her and did something with her, she immediately like, I think lost like something crazy, like 20 pounds and we're going on a healthier sprint. So what's the belief system that you have? Do you feel like, is there a coping thing that you're doing with food or sugar? Is there something underneath? Do you feel like if you go to the gym and you failed before, you might as well not try again? Do you feel like you have to go all or nothing? Well, what is your belief system? You know, And that's under the hood. And then the second thing for me practically is I hired a nutritionist. You know, I was working out five days a week still. I was eating pretty healthy. You know, I still have my ice cream pints in the freezer, right? Like, but I said, you know what? I want to do this right. And um, 
it helps because my wife is super fit and she's awesome. And it wasn't a shame. Like she's always like, dude, I love you just as you are. I don't care. And I think it's beautiful to have someone accept you as you are. And no, there's no pressure, you know, even though she's like super fit and awesome. And I was like, you know what? I, I want to be the best I could be physically because I think it will have an effect on me mentally and emotionally. Mm. And I said, how do, what's the best chance that I have to do that? You know, obviously what I'm doing is giving me this much results, but new level, new devil. What is my internal belief system? What is the thing? What are the things that you don't know what you don't know? And I didn't want to ask. It's, it's never good to coach your spouse or have your spouse coach you. Like, I think it's fine, but like, it's not really the thing you want to do. You would just want to love each other and support each other. So someone I was like, and I'm asking all this fitness stuff, but I'm going to hire a nutritionist. So I hired a nutritionist and I was like, yeah, it's probably going to be easy. And all of a sudden she sends me my workout regimen and my food process. And I was like, holy cow. And at that point, I have this, this thought, I have this phrase about commitment. It says, a true commitment does what it says it's going to do after the feeling is gone, that you made that mm -hmm. commitment. And that feeling is probably not going to be there when it's required to make the commitment. Because I'll tell you, there are days I wake up and I'm like, oh, man. But I decided to myself, I'm going to do this until this deadline. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to get support. And this is the thing. I know my gaps. I know I, being lovingly self-aware, you know where how your quote unquote fear or resistance shows up. Are you avoidant? Do you, you know, overdo it? Do you, are you all or nothing? And so I was honest with myself and saying, how have I done it before? You know, typically it's like all or nothing, go crazy. And, and all of a sudden I hit the wall and I'm burned out and I go backwards. And I was like, no, I'm going to hire a nutritionist. I'm going to state what I really want. And I'm going to get on a sustainable pathway that even when I don't do it right, there's no shame, no guilt. It's like, I just get right back on track and I have a specific goal in mind and a date in mind and, and support, you know, and, and, um, and I, I create the best case scenario to win. And a lot mm -hmm. of times, you know, I, we, we set these goals up and we're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to work out four hours a day. And it's like, you're not going to work out four hours a day. Maybe you will for the first two days, you know? But start where you are and build from there. And just know that like, it's about direction, not speed. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, a few things that you did is you hired a coach, both for like further education and for accountability. Uh, you have a specific goal and a deadline. So that's absolutely massive. Then making sure that it was realistic and, and something that you can consistently follow through on is massive. Um, but that's awesome, man. Just so many different great things there. Uh, getting down to the end here, before I ask the last question, Henry, I just want to acknowledge you, man. Like I already said, I was super inspired by you when I just met you briefly uh, in Raleigh, but now having spent a little bit more time with you uh, intimately and getting to know a little bit more about your story and the different risks that you've taken and the different feelings and the and inspirations that you've had and that you've chased those down and the story a little bit about your mother. Like It's just super cool to hear where you've been, hear the lessons that you've extracted from the different things that you've experienced and both continue to learn and apply the things that you've done, but also coach other people on it. It's just really cool to, to hear and learn more from you, man. Thank you. I, you know, thank you so much. I am grateful to have met you. And, and I just feel really impressed to say this. And for anybody listening, like, I want you to know that it hasn't been easy for me. It may seem like, oh, well, that's easy because you're just courageous. Like my nickname was passive. I used to be so terrified and so stuck. And I felt so caged in my life. 
And there was a point where I was like, I do not want to live like this. I want to be free. I want to do that. And I, I just started picking up books and I started slowly. And I will tell you, if my life has not been the easiest and these decisions weren't cake, it wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to do this. And I haven't succeeded all the time, but that you hear that all the time, never give up, never give up. It's like, just pick yourself up and go. And if you're listening to this and you've been stuck, there is absolute hope. And I really hope you give yourself grace. I hope that you give yourself grace exactly where you are because you cannot love something you don't accept. And without love, you cannot transcend. So you almost need to like, you know, I don't know whatever your, anybody's faith is, but I was in prayer and I heard this thought like, and whatever you believe, the principle stays true because it goes, it can go to yourself. It's like, I love you exactly where you are and also love you enough not to keep you where you are. You need both. And I hope you give yourself enough grace if you're listening, if you've been stuck in fear or like, shoot, can I do that? Your body is just doing its job. But there's a way to break through. There's a way to break free. And if I really, truly believe, truly Nick, if I could do it, anybody could do it. I swear to you, I believe that. Because if you knew me back in the day, you would just be like, what the freak happened to you? It's slowly but surely, the common denominator in everything that you do is you. And if you could just work on you with love and with patience and with kindness and moving forward step by step, you'd be surprised what you can do in years. You'd be surprised where you can go. And last thing I'll say, and I don't, this keeps popping my mind and I, I, I'll just share this metaphor. When my mother was, when my mother was, you know, on her last breath and this metaphor came to my mind and there's, it's called, it's the carrot, the egg and the tea bag. And imagine three pots of boiling water. You put the carrot in one, an egg in another and a tea bag in the third one. And after about 10 minutes, you pick up the carrot and what happens to the carrot? It's melting, right? It's like mush. You pick up the egg and what happened to the egg? It's hardened. And then you pick up the tea bag and what happens? The, all the characteristics from that tea bag, the water smells better, tastes better, looks better, feels, you know, like all the things. And I realized when we make decisions in life, I could either just get stuck in like, woe is me? And I could be the orange and just let myself wither away. And it's, it's not, you need to have compassion, but it, it was, it, it's a, it's a, it's a mentality of like, everything sucks. Or hardened, right? I could be like the egg and be hardened, like all girls are this, or life is this, and blah, blah, blah. Or I could choose to be like the tea bag and say, you know what? I'm gonna let this, if I'm gonna go through this, I might as well grow through it. Because I cannot control what I can't control, but I must control what I can. Because God grant me the peace, the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that's peace, trusting and knowing that I cannot control what I can't control, but I can control myself. I cannot control my circumstances, but you better believe that I could one step at a time, get myself out from where I'm at. And in due time, in no time, I can pick myself up and make a difference from what's, what's in front of me. And, you know, looking back at those moments, they were really hard. They weren't easy to make, but I realized what's my alternative? What am I going to choose? to live the rest of my life just like stuck even more, like, no thanks. That's not how I want to live. And so um, showing up and choosing and lifting myself and just being aware and living intentionally has just made all the difference, you know? I hope you guys listening or watching feel 
like the emotion and the sincerity in this guy's voice as, as much as I do because he just knows where he's been and how he felt where he's been and maybe not having as a ton of hope in the time, but looking back on it, realizing that no matter who you are, you have the ability to get out of the situation that you're currently in. I just really acknowledge you, man. That was that was awesome. I appreciate you sharing that to finish things off. But I know you guys listening are going to want to go learn more about this man. Go make sure you follow him on Instagram at Henry Amar. Make sure you go listen to his podcast, The Making It Happen, a podcast with Henry Amar. And uh, where else should people go learn more about you? You know, I think that's good. You know, Instagram or, you know, um, put out newsletters too, if you want to sign up for those. Um, but, you know, honestly, just, yeah, social media, man. It's, it's for my podcast is, is you know, I, I just want to add as much value as I can uh, to the world. And I'm so grateful, so grateful to do it. And I uh, thank you for having me on. And if you're listening to this point, like, thank you for listening to this point that says a lot about you. And I, I want to confirm this, Nick, to your listeners, that if you're listening to this point, this is an act of love. This is an act of self-love. This is an act of, there's something in you that knows, right? You wouldn't be listening to this point if it wasn't already inside you, you know? And so it's just a matter of taking the, just continuing to move forward. So I hope um, just thank you for listening and thank you for having me, man. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, last question here, Henry, is I believe that getting closer to the best version of yourself is both a constant journey and a unique journey. I don't think that we ever actually get to that best version. And I also think that the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So the last question is for you personally, if there are three things that you could currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to the best version of Henry Amar that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? You know, uh, this will illustrate it. December, I was sitting down in the parking lot and I, I heard, you know, the, God's voice. It was God to me, but the voice in my heart say, it's time to expand your island of fear so I could do more with you. <clears throat> you know, so go to the edges of your fear. Unleash more of who you are. And so it's, you know, what I'm doing right now. Literally last night, I went to a reset process for myself. And I asked myself, am I allocating my time the best way? What are my fears and resistances and how are they really showing up? What's coming up for me? It's being completely honest with myself and recognizing that all of us have a safety zone and it's the island we live on. And the more that we learn how to expand it, the more that we could expand the, the impact we could make on the world, the, the abundance we get to create, not just the you know, abundance is relationships. It's love. It's confidence. It's impact. It's, you know, success. It's all the things. And so the more that I could expand my island of fear per se, the more that I could do, the more I could live. And so I'm stepping to the edges of that myself and I'm going through a brand new shift in my life. So even if you follow me on social media, you're probably going to start noticing over the next few months shifts and expansions on how I'm showing up. Um, and I, I just feel like for me, it's time to go to that next level. And so one is understanding what, where am I, what's my blueprint Two is understanding, okay, what does the next level look like for me? You know, in that identification process, you know, it's really taking myself through the process that I take people through. And then how do I fully, fully step in and embody the man that I was born to be and, um, and it's exciting. It's exciting. It's your nervous system kind of goes crazy with it. But man, I am so, so grateful to it's going to make me a better husband, a better father, um, a better leader to make impact and just be able to execute at a higher level. And so um, 
you know, the next level brings, brings this. So it's, it's expanding what that is. It's everything that I'm telling everybody else to do. I'm going to constantly do it because there's always going to be another level, you know? Amen, dude. Amen, dude. That was awesome. Well, you guys make sure you go listen to Henry further on his podcast on social media and make sure that you take away some of the key things that he talked about today. Like when you feel fear, when you feel that resistance, realize that that's normal, realize that that should actually be expected and redefine it and wander into it willingly and open to seeing what knowledge and seeing what experiences might lie in front of you. So Henry, this was absolutely awesome today. I know everybody loved it. Really appreciate your time, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you so much, man. Thank you. What an inspirational interview with Henry. I mean, he is the real deal. Remember, if you're overwhelmed about what you should eat, if you want to feel more confident in your own skin when you look at yourself in the mirror, and you need a way to satisfy your sweet tooth in a healthy manner, then go get access to my video course called The Three Steps to Losing Fat and Building Muscle at nickcarrier.com for free. And remember, take action on your dreams and communicate your dreams to others. I mean, he communicated to people that he wanted to be in a boy band. Then he put up flyers all over the city and he had some amazing things come from that. And here's the thing, whether or not you end up achieving that end goal, that end dream, I guarantee you, you're going to be in a better place having had a dream in the first place and taking action on it than if you didn't take action on it at all. You just never know what will happen if you act on a dream. Remember how to take a risk. One, find leverage. Find that thing that will put your back against the wall and get you to move with a sense of urgency. And two, expect fear and resistance and accept it and redefine it. Realize that it's actually the precursor to growth and success and embrace it. If you can take action on your dreams, if you can find leverage, if you can redefine fear and resistance, you'll continue on the path closer and closer to your best you.